Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Viv. And I'm Tyler. You're listening to Treadmill Talk. In Treble Talk, we'll sit down with industry experts in the world of health and fitness with some good banter and yarns along the way. We're all about nutrition, nutrition training, training and lifestyle. lifestyle. Powered by Flex Fitness. Our story today begins with Jake Campus. Now, we bumped shoulders back in 2006. I think it was a nice fit uh, for our podcast to, to kick off with somebody who's around at day one when we started this whole thing. He's a guy that it's not a job for him. It's something that he's actually dedicated and wants to help people achieve results. And, and for those people who want to put the work in, he'll give you 100% of his time, his effort. Being a girl that loves the gym too, I, you know, I'm not the person that takes my nutrition to the next level. I'm kind of a KFC girl on the weekend, but train and eat. <laughs> so would like to hear how I can change my habits and learn. Our guest today is a university qualified nutritionist. He has a post-grade honours in nutrition. He's a professional bodybuilder, 2015 Olympian athlete, where he competed in three competitions overseas and placed second. He competed in the Arnold Classic in 2014, where he placed sixth. He has 22 competitions under his belt, and he has turned five other people pro over his 12 years of being a nutritionist. Now, our nutritionist and guest speaker today is Mr. Jake Campus. So, um, w- welcome to the show, Jake. Thanks for having me. All right, Jake. So, to get the awkwardness out of the room and get to know you a bit better, we have what we call the Fast Five. This is where we ask five get-to-know-you questions. All right, hit me, hit me. So no hesitations, and we're just going to go through these questions. Okay, tea or coffee? Coffee. Apple or Samsung? Apple. Leg day or chest day? Chest day. Adidas or Nike? Adidas. Favourite cheat meal? Sushi. Sushi? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You could pick so much other cool stuff. Yeah, I'm allergic to life, so oh, yes. most things okay. I can't eat. We'll, we'll go through that through the podcast yeah, if you want you can to bring find out my Adidas over Nike? Yeah, I'm sort of switching codes, as you can see, oh. with the current yeah. get-up. I'm yep. Adidas'd out. Because I would say, say, 12 months ago, I've known Jake for, for many years now, and uh, I would say it's always been Nike over Adidas in the past. It has. I feel like, <laughs> Net, uh, I feel like um, Nike's kind of plateaued, and Adidas has stepped their game up yeah, for they, the, they the streetwear and you know gymwear. Yeah, mm. definitely. What is the style of that show? These are the D-Rups. And yeah, Very I'm quite snazzy. liking your shoes, Viv. They've got Thanks. the. If yeah. everyone could see these, Viv has um, metallic I, toe caps. I really am wearing um, some Tokyo fashion here. Yeah. Um, these are Adidas superstars with the bit of steel caps. Let's just say me and Jake have got glasses on in here just to <laughs> stop the blinding, stop the blinding yeah. in here. No, that and my enough. feet are so bright, so you know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, thanks, Jake. Um, we're going to jump into our topic, which today is all about nutrition for muscle growth. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> okay, so for our listeners out there, Jake, let's just start at the beginning, and let's just go through the top foods for muscle growth that we can find in the New Zealand supermarkets. All right, so I'm going to keep it real simple. So most of the foods that are going to be predominantly found in the supermarkets that are going to drive muscle growth The ones that you really need to know about will be your proteins, okay? So simply put, that's the things that are going to recover muscle tissue. So if you walk around the aisle of the supermarket, the first section that you'll hit will be your meat section. So everybody knows chicken breasts are great because Mm. they're high in protein, low in fat, okay? If that's a little bit out of your budget, then, you know, skin off thigh and drumsticks are still good. But you want to ditch that skin because there's quite a bit of fat in there. 
Yeah. Um, steaks cut off the, the fat, so rump steak's really good. Um, premium or prime mints, that's another good protein source there as well. If you continue your way around the supermarket, you're going to hit the eggs. Eggs are great because they contain protein and fat. If you're worried about the fat content, then you can also take out the yolk and just have the white, um, but you only get half as much protein when you do that. Um, moving around further into the dairy section, you have things like cottage cheese, mm-hmm. um, a great source of protein and an easy snack on the run. So that's a good snack idea? Yep, for... yep correct. So f- cheese is generally considered a fat. It does have a protein aspect because it is from a cow, so it's dairy. Mm. So generally you're getting like a half split of protein and fat. Whereas cottage cheese, uh, they tend to refine it more, particularly the light cottage cheese. They pull the fat component out of it, which just leaves you with that protein component. Okay, So cottage cheese, particularly light cottage cheese, is going to give you a, a good amount of protein for minimal fat and carbs. And it's perfect to use you know, on crackers as like a kind of chips and dip feel. Yeah. A lot of clients love to use it like that. Um, you know, half of one of those 250-gram tubs, which is 125 grams, is going to give you about 12 grams of protein, which is the same as about half a protein shake or about mm. 50 grams of cooked chicken. Yeah. Cool. So I'll see you in the office with that tomorrow. Yeah, I'll bring that in yeah. and stop going to the dairy. Yeah, damn it, dairy. <laughs> and a little side note that I learned from you, Jake, is putting a bit of sweet chili in there as well. Definitely. Oh, if yeah. you'd throw a little bit of sweet chili or my favorite, the Jocanel chili pepper sauce, or if you're really a fan of spice, a little bit of sriracha, throw that in oh, with your yum. cottage cheese and wowee. That's and, okay, maybe off I'll the chain. And Sour sudden, cream, rice crackers. We and, are a cooking podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Jake Camps Cooking Show. I'll be your host today. Rolls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Milk, I don't really count as a protein because you're getting a bit of carbs and a bit of fat in there. It's kind of a little bit of everything, so I wouldn't rely on milk to get your protein needs. Um, That's your main sort of protein sources in the supermarket that you can go for. If you move into the aisles, you're going to get your tin meats, which are quite convenient. So your tuna, salmon, chop-chop chicken, those sorts of things. Just be wary of the um, fat count because you can get tuna and oil versus tuna and spring water. So you have to know what you're looking for and what's going to work with your whole diet in terms of your fat and protein needs. Cool. For a girl like me who doesn't really mm. know much about eating uh portion control and things like that, where's the, the start guide for it if I wanted to build muscle? Build muscle, yeah. And, and this is just me, normal girl, Jimmy, a couple of times, but I want to now increase my muscle. Without breaking it down into punching numbers, which we can talk about later Mm -hmm. on, a good rule of thumb would be to consume protein at most of your meals. So I would aim for four to five meals and have protein at each of them. Okay. So without using like macro counting, which can Mm. be a bit too hard out for some people, I would go with, you know, for breakfast you could do two eggs or you could do half a scoop to three-quarter scoop of protein powder if you want a supplement for protein needs. Morning tea, you know, you could do a small tin of flavoured tuna and spring water or oil, depending on what your needs are there, or some cottage cheese. Also, deli meats can be good if you get the ones that are low in fat. Mm -hmm. Um, Just be careful. They are, you know, have a bit of preservatives in there, so I wouldn't want to use them too much. But as a snack with some crackers or some tuna with crackers is a great idea. Mm. For main meals, you kind of want to look at a palm size of meat, no thicker than the side of your hand, okay? And that's going to give you a good portion of protein, and that'll cover your recovery aspects from it there. Then you kind of want to look at, okay, you'd want to get in a couple of different servings of fat per day. Now, fat 
bits are broken down into three different types, which we can talk about later on. Mm. So you don't just want to be banging peanut butter all day long thinking, I'm getting my healthy fats in, you know. As much as that's every girl's dream, that's probably going to make you grow in the wrong areas. So you kind of want to get some from nuts, some from some good oils like coconut oil or olive oil. Seeds and stuff are great as well. So there's a few ways that you can get your fats in. I'd aim for two or three servings of that. Mm. Now, a serving of fat is very, very small. So it would just be, you know, a, a heap teaspoon of nut butter. You can overdo those fats too much because they are very dense in calories, okay? Then you just fill up the rest of your energy needs with carbohydrates. So your carbs are your easy stuff, your rice, potato, kumara, breads, wraps. I'd aim to have about three or four moderate-sized servings of that per day. So, you know, a palm size of rice or potato or kumara or a couple of slices of sandwich bread or a small wrap. So doing that, you start to see progress with your training. When it comes to having mince versus chicken breast, are the sizes different that we have? So are we going to eat more mince or are we going to eat less chicken breast to get the same amount of protein out? Generally, you're going to eat more red meat to get the same amount of protein as, say, like a chicken breast. Chicken breast tends to be the highest in protein. But then your calories are going to go up a bit more because red meat is higher in fats. So it depends on your overall goal. If you're trying to build muscle, then you might want to have that extra portion size. If you're looking to restrict calories, then you might keep the portion size the same because you don't want the fat calories to be too high. So for your average person, I would still just go off that palm size amount, no thicker than your hand across the board. Because if you're having a variety of meats, it's going to even out over the course of the day. And then obviously, if you want to get more specific, then that's where guys like me come in and I will punch in the right numbers for you and I'll give you exact portion sizes and grams that you should be choosing. Now, what if I'm a vegetarian, right? Yep. A vegetarian's allowed to wear wool and leather shoes? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, uh, well, if I am a vegetarian or, or vegan, what are some other vegans? Yeah. Um, what are some other proteins that are maybe good to have? Well, vegan is probably the toughest of the bunch because, you know, then you're taking out any animal products as well. So you're taking out dairy, Mm -hmm. you're taking out eggs. You really are restricted to things like tofu, nut meat, tempeh, and pea protein, hemp protein. So that's powders. So you're really restricting yourself if you are a Mm -hmm. vegan, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But you're going to find it harder to hit your protein needs. Also, then you start to have to rely on heavily modified products like, you know, nut meats Mm -hmm. and tofu. They are designed and manufactured in a factory. So you've got other things in there keeping them together and keeping them, you know, preservatives, etc. So, you know, if your goal is overall health, then those things can't, you know, I don't feel those things are beneficial. Um, Mm. You've got to be careful as well with too much uh, tofu and soy products, particularly being a female viv, if you were to go vegetarian. I've seen a lot of women come through and the estrogen levels are very high because of all the soy products they're consuming, which messes up their menstrual cycle and has a host of other side effects. Mm. Sometimes we do program using legumes and chickpeas and stuff, but they're what we call incomplete protein. So they don't have the full amino acid chain to recover muscle tissue and they do have a portion of carbohydrates. So if you are going to use things like uh, legumes and chickpeas, you kind of have to know what you're doing with the rest of your diet to make it all work together because without that, it's going to be an incomplete protein and not recover you. Being a vegetarian, much easier because you've got dairy products like cottage cheese, Mm. um, egg. Those sorts of things can go a long way to make your diet more interesting. So Mm. definitely easier being a vegetarian than a vegan. At Jake Campus Nutrition, we program for everyone. So we do have a ton of vegan and vegetarian clients that are getting great results. It just generally means a more restricted diet. Awesome. Thank you. That is a lot of information right there. Now, 
<clears throat> there's a few sort of um, myths out there with, with protein. Plenty of myths. Pl- plenty of myths out there. Yeah, true or false. Pretty much a myth buster, so. <laughs> good, good. Want to be a ghostbuster, but, you know. No, I can't. Didn't quite make that. <laughs> didn't yeah. make, didn't make Yeah, didn't get the backpack. Oh, no. In terms of timing for protein, it doesn't matter what time of the day I have protein. Is it better for have higher protein carbohydrate meals in the morning and then taper it off as the day goes on? So what's the lowdown? Good is question. It, is that, Very um, good question. So let's start with protein. If you are the type of person that you just eat whatever you want during the day and then you have a train and then you slam a protein shake and think, mean, I'm, I'm covered. I'm going to be huge. <laughs> you probably have. It's it doesn't, probably that doesn't work? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Okay. So the first thing is sort of your net protein turnover. So that what that means in basic terms is are you getting enough protein throughout the day to hit the needs of your body? And that can't be at any one time. So first of all, net protein turnover needs to be covered. So that's worked out based on a gram amount. So how, how heavy are you, Viv? Ballpark. Oh, I know girls. Um, this is honest, a really tough girls, question. Right and, uh, Kat, do you yeah, want multiple choice? I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> it's I really am, hot in this it's really sweating. I'm about 53 okay. kgs. So if you were sedentary, you'd have between 0.8 and 1 gram of protein per kilo of body weight, okay? okay. So for you, you know, that's going to be around about 50 grams of protein per day. Okay. Now, now that you start training, you can move that up from 1.2 to 1.8 kilos of protein per, so 1.2 to 1.8 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So once you meet those needs, that protein needs to be spread out over the day. So if you follow those initial sort of guides that I gave you of just approximate portion sizes, you will cover those costs as a female and as a male if you're sort of consuming the portion sizes relative to your own hand. Mm. Now, if you want to break it down and get super precise, that's obviously where I come in. But if you do that, then you're covering the first base. So first of all, you need to be consuming protein throughout the day because your body turns it over. That's called mm. protein synthesis throughout the day. So it is important to have that spread. Second of all, you do really want to get a fast digesting protein in after a workout. So that's when your protein shake would come in handy because initially that's going to get absorbed quickly, kick off recovery. For carbohydrates, you definitely want a spread of carbohydrates around the workout. So before and after and breakfast, but the other times of the day, it's not as essential as having that protein throughout the day. Now, so we talked a lot about protein to date, okay? So tell me, what are some of the telltale signs that you are overdoing it with protein? So let's say Viv decides to eat my diet, all right? Yeah. The first thing she's going to experience is what we'd like to call a food baby. Right. So you're going to have a very bloated tummy because you're not going to be able to digest all that protein, okay? So that'll be the first thing is bloating and sort of poor digestion. Uh, The next thing would be, you know, excuse the sort of toilet words, but you'll be constipated um, because you won't be breaking down that protein. Protein's very hard to digest. So over-consuming protein, those are the two key signs that you're probably overdoing it. Yeah, uh, one more. Um, everyone's probably aware of the the, the protein farts. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are not a myth. They are, they are a real true. life thing. I've smelled them. <laughs> Terrible, These but that generally happens. is just your body's just not using it, so it's converting it okay. into gas. Or you're getting a poor quality source that your body isn't like agreeing with. So some people they buy cheap protein powder, mm. and they they aren't breaking it down properly. So yeah. the byproduct is gas, and then there you go. And that's really insert, right. Insert protein fart. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, so you can just blame your protein I'll, from now I'll, on. Yeah, I will, especially <laughs> when I'm in a stupid class protein. or something. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll be like, why did I buy this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There is an upper limit to protein. So a lot of people think I can just smash protein shakes or smash, you know, some extra chicken if I'm hungry. Hell yeah, that's better than eating a chocolate bar. But 
it still can be converted to body fat. Mm. So unused protein will be converted to glucose, which is carbs, through a process called gluconeogenesis, which is the conversion of a non-carbohydrate source to a carbohydrate. So if you overeat protein, it will then convert to glucose. If your body doesn't use that glucose, it will then store it as body fat. So yes, protein can make you fat. Is it a better option if you're craving something super sweet to have a shake over, you know, uh, McFlurry? Hell yeah, you know. Okay. Stay away from those golden arches. All right. Yeah. So still, yeah. Still so, so in essence, what you're saying food. is not a free food. Yeah. It's Protein not a free, not a free food. food. I can't just yeah. drink it and hope I'm going to be um, skinny. Yeah, exactly. And what happens if you don't train and you just eat heaps of it protein? Your body will just store mm. it as well. So that training is required to initiate that mm. muscle growth response, okay? It's not going to happen without the work. The smaller you are and the less you train, the less your protein needs are. So that goes back to that initial conversation saying, you know, 1.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So 1.2 grams of Viv's 53 kilos and 1.2 grams of Jake's 110 kilos is going to be a greatly different number, double essentially. So due to size and training ability, that's going to determine your protein needs. So that means that your body will be able to uptake anywhere from 15 to 60 grams because the the 120 guy kg front rower is going to need a lot more protein and that mm. 300 grams split over five or six meals will end up being about 50 or 60 grams a meal. So it greatly is dependent on the size and training type that you're doing. Also breaks down into, you know, how how trained is that individual and how much are they eating as well. So when you start eating more protein in your diet, over time you become better at digesting and assimilating nutrients. And that's the key factor there is over time your protein needs will go up as you get better at breaking them down. Would a 53 kilo woman like Viv be able to digest 60 grams of protein in one hit? Never in her life, I don't think. Really? Shall we give it a go? <laughs> Let's give it a go. Let's run a little bit of an experiment. <laughs> chug this, well, chug we'll this and see what happens. We, we might have a GoPro. Or just, yeah, yeah, GoPro yeah, it. Sounds good. Stay tuned, guys. It's the next episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, essentially that's what's going to happen is over time as you get bigger and as you, you train more, your protein needs are going to increase. And that 60 gram number is just definitely a myth. So if I was training for a long time and say if I was to take a hundred grams of protein, like take three scoops of protein and a shake, would I be able to digest? Are we talking about you specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, bro, you're too small. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's deep. Uh, well, we, we, we need to cut that out in the edit. We need to cut that, that out. That is great. So once again, we'll rewind back to that um, initial protein over the whole day aspect. Yeah. So if your net goal is 300 grams and you're taking 100 grams in one serving, yeah. that's definitely too much. I would be splitting it across the board and even servings over your day Okay, would be the best way to do it. And for for most males, a one and a half scoop to two scoop protein shake is going to be more than enough after a training session. Yeah. And for most females, three quarter scoop to one scoop of whey protein straight after a training session is going to be more than enough. Okay, okay cool. cool. That's a good That's point. Very good. Because yeah. I wouldn't have known that. Stop I'd banging three scoops, Viv. Yes, yeah, I was taking. You're wasting your money. Totally <laughs> yeah. No wonder why I was running out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now talk me through protein shake. Yep. Right through to bicep. <laughs> See, Tyler, there's this um, very fast train. This is that, that, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's just break it down really – let's break it down a little bit. So when you're training, that is when your body is breaking down muscle tissue. So it's priming the muscle to absorb nutrients. Yep. That's when the damage is being occurred. So let's think of you're on the beach, you're digging a hole. You mm-hmm. dig that hole nice and deep. 
Mm. When you eat when you eat protein, it's essentially filling up that hole. That's recovery. Got okay. it? Okay. Yep. Cool. Got that. Yeah. The deeper you dig that hole, the more sand you need, so the more protein you need to fill it up. Make sense? Sounds yeah. good. So if you're training heaps, you're going to require more protein. More. Yeah. Got it. So we're on the same page. Awesome. What happens after a workout, your body is sending signals to the body that it's damaged and repairs. That's the satellite cells on the muscle telling your body that it's damaged. Then you consume a protein shake. It's a liquid form, so it's digested very easily. It goes through the stomach, passes into the small intestines where absorption happens. Then those proteins are broken down into smaller chains of amino acids that are delivered to the muscle tissue to initiate repair. And that's essentially how muscle repair happens. And that's how it happens. Yeah. So, I like that analogy. I wish it was. I like the analogy yeah. that dig like in the, the hole. That broke it down for me, yeah. yeah, right. Right. yeah. If you said any like specific terms, I wouldn't have. Cool. Understood. So, yeah, we're just trying to keep it simple here. So there are lots of other things going on behind the scenes with yeah. that. So all you scientists out there, don't come at me and be like, Jake, you know, there's 10 <laughs> other steps involved. Uh, I realize that. I'm just trying to keep it simple. And that's the, the basic explanation of how it sort of works, okay? Oh, I was just going to ask Jake if he's watched that documentary, The Magic Pill. Yes, I have. Have you? I have, yes. I watched it on the weekend, and uh, it was interesting. It's definitely skewed in one direction. Um, Well, it's really pro uh, pro low-carb, yeah, Yeah. high. So those of you who don't know what keto is, it's, you know, low-carbohydrates, under 20-odd grams a day, high fat, so Mm. 70% of the diet comes from fat and then 30% protein. Um, You... You see a lot of benefits with that in the health sector, but I feel like a lot of those benefits are because you're taking an individual who's generally eating rubbish and then cleaning up their diet. Could you get uh, that result with a balanced diet of, say, you know, a split of 40% carbs, 40% protein, 20% fats? I feel yes. Mm. Um, I don't think it's the keto working the magic. I think it's the stripping out of all the the other stuff that they were eating before that's working the magic. Definitely there's some scenarios where there is um, carbohydrates can feed carcinogens, so cancer-causing things. Um, so staying away from those refined sugars is always something you should do mm. um, because they can feed gut bacteria, cancers, they can cause diabetes and stuff like that. But I don't think eating some kumra or some brown rice is going to make you super sick or anything like that. So I think there's definitely a role for a balanced diet. Yeah, yeah cool. Actually, you touched on a couple of good points there, even talking about carbohydrates, refined sugars. Yeah. Cancer related. That, that's yeah. um, a lot. That's a that's a big topic today. Yeah. Um, and uh, one to stay tuned, and we'll dive into that a little bit deeper in in one of our next uh, shows. So this this might be a silly question. No silly but, questions um, in this booth, though. <laughs> when you do say like people talk about, you know, you can't eat carbs or whatever after this time. Who are these people? I don't know. But tell is, them, tell is, me is now. Is this true? You know, do you have to stop eating at a certain time? Like, Do you have any recommendations on where, like, what time I should have my last meal or my last that, I love that. I love that question because it's so full of crap that yeah, it just well, makes hey, me laugh. Because yeah, your human body, the human to... body doesn't know whether it's day or night. It just mm. knows awake or asleep. Yes. Do you think your body knows that it's gone dark outside? No. So then why is your body, why are people using are darkness people as this? like a carbs like gremlins and they convert into something else after dark? I don't think so. So really what it is, is it's just a way for people to restrict energy. So Mm. by saying, hey, stop eating carbs after dark, you're obviously going to restrict your energy intake, therefore you're going to lose weight. So through their bro science methodology, they will get results, but it's very, very... Good old bro science. It's it's just bro science. There's no actual... 
um, science behind it. So the science of the human body is your body has needs. So if you yeah. train at night time, yes. the most important time for you to have carbs is before and after that workout because yeah. that's going to recover glycogen lost through training and then mm. give you glycogen before training to fuel a good training session. So if you went to eat carbs after dark, if you initiated that theory, your you performance would. would be crap. Yeah. Okay, so... Really, the best time to eat carbohydrates is that at breakfast and before and after training, or spread them out evenly in small amounts through the day. Okay. So the last thing you sort of said was, is there a la- uh, the latest time I should be eating? Yes. Really, you don't need to be having huge meals before bed because mm. you go to sleep. But at the same time, having some protein and fats before bed if you're going to be uh, in a muscle-building routine uh, is a great idea. Okay. So a shake with some peanut butter, something like that, not necessarily having carbs. But having some protein and fat there will actually give your body some nutrients to recover with when you sleep. Okay. Remember, protein's being turned over throughout the day and night. It's an ongoing cycle. So we want to ensure that your body has that available while you sleep, which is when most of the, the muscle repair is being done. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I you? won't listen to any of these people that say, um, "Yeah, no carbs after seven or whatever." Yeah. What about six fifty nine? Are you yeah. allowed to smash a couple? Yeah. Of am I allowed to just one quick carbs? <laughs> like garlic bread? Quick, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, cook garlic bread even. Wow. <laughs> getting very aggressive. <laughs> Keen on that bulk life. <laughs> now, how does carbohydrates and fats play a factor also in building muscle growth? Well, we'll start with, you know, protein. That's going to recover muscle tissue, and there's a set amount that you do require for that. Then from there, you have your fats, which play a role hormonally. So for men, that's going to support testosterone, so really important for keeping those testosterone levels at the right range so you have um, optimal hormone function, which is going to drive protein synthesis, which is the turnover of proteins. As a female, it's really important to have the right amount of fats in your Mm. diet to maintain a good hormone level, so estrogen-progesterone ratio. If you take fats out of your diet, you can run into problems with losing your menstrual cycle, etc. So from a, a role, fats really are your hormonal support. Um, they also give your brain a bit of energy as well. And then we look at carbohydrates. Carbohydrates is last on the list. So you want to get your protein fixed at the certain ratio that's going to work for you. Then your fats, which are mm. going to be fixed to, at a ratio to work for your hormones. And then you're going to fill the rest of those calories up with carbohydrates. Carbs are your rice, pasta, bread, potato, kumara. Um, all the stuff that's really easy is tend to be carbs. Okay. Um, carbs are your energy source. So that's why most people, when they have that three o'clock slump, what's the first thing you want to do, Viv? Uh, just go down to the bakery or dairy. Yeah. So smash something <laughs> sugary or carby, right? Or maybe, a, yeah. yeah, a V. Yep. So something, you're either looking for that caffeine fix to get yes, that artificial yeah. energy, or you want that sugar fix or that yeah. carb fix to get that sort of energy through the afternoon. Yeah. Now, if your diet's set up correctly with protein, carbs, mm. fat, then you're going to have sustained energy through the day. So if you do have a three o'clock slump, yeah. that could be something you could look into later on. But yeah, fill the rest of your diet up with mm. carbs. That's going to be important for training energy as well. So if you're unsure where to have your carbohydrates, I would have them at breakfast. So first thing in the morning and have a little bit of fruit there because fruit will mm. replace liver glycogen, which will then help your body start to recover all other types of glycogen. So then you can have a little bit of carbs at breakfast, a little bit before your workout, um, and then a little bit after your workout. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Jake. It was um, awesome to have a chat to you. Um, Anytime, guys. Anytime. 
our listeners and, and myself and, and Viz. Yeah, I, I've got key takeaways here now. You do. Yeah. I, I can't just drink a protein shake and think I'm going to be an Instagram model, obviously. Yeah. Well, you're pretty close. Pretty so close. I'm keep, getting there. Keep at slowly, it. Slowly, yeah. you know. And, and, and myself and my 65 kg frame is not going to take uh, <laughs> <laughs> three scoops of protein no more. Exactly, bro. <laughs> exactly. You'll fill that jumper out one day. Oh, thank you, Jake. Thanks, Thank thanks you. for the motivation. <laughs> Well, that's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Make sure you download our 10 tips for muscle building at flexfitness.co.nz and follow our Facebook and Instagram page in the links below. Also book your personal nutrition consultation with Jake Campus at jcn.co.nz and follow his Facebook and Instagram for more tips. We would love to hear from you guys, so don't forget to tell us in your comments what topics you would like to hear in our next episode.